Hey everyone, it is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. This is the Bling Vera podcast. I'm your host, Bling Vera. I hope everyone's day is going well. In today's episode of the Phoenix Chronicles, I want to talk about the time that I saw my brother, my long lost brother now. He, he doesn't live in Arizona. He doesn't live in Phoenix. He lives far away from it. But one morning, I swear to you, I'd put money on it, I, I, and I'll never change my mind about it either. But my brother was lying in, in some grass underneath some bleachers in a North Phoenix park in a bad part of town. Excuse me, I just <clears throat> had to clear my throat. So, um, gosh, I had not talked to my family for about a week, almost two weeks. And I had just had an emotional night, like an extremely emotional night that had a hold of me still. And I'll talk about that. Um, I woke up in, outside of a park. It was a park without any main roads leading to it, but there was a fence around it. But you could get into this park on the side of the fence. There was like a little bit of a gap. And so I made it into the park and I got some water and just kind of was sitting in the grass there about to go to sleep. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. And with the sprinklers turn on. And so then I meandered my way outside of the park and used my, my bag as a pillow. And it was pretty cold. It was pretty cold that night. But coming from Salt Lake, it was not the end of the world. It wasn't that cold being sleeping bag homeless in Salt Lake, although I did not have a sleeping bag this time around, but I still had some of my gear that would help me survive the night. It had been an incredibly emotional night for me and an incredibly confusing night for me. And I was like scared and just nervous about my position in life and thinking that uh, I was just kind of questioning everything that I was thinking. I was questioning a lot. And for good reason, too. But I woke up that morning outside of the park on the sidewalk, just on the sidewalk. And someone had jogged by me. And then I looked inside of the park through the fence. And there's someone walking their like German Shepherd dog around the, around the track. And as a homeless person, you, you kind of, well, uh, at least for me, I can't speak for all homeless people, but Whenever I see someone walking a German Shepherd wearing a fanny pack or something and they've got like a, a clean cut haircut, a fresh haircut, it's just like, that's a cop. But but I can't say for sure if it was a cop in the track or not. But the park opened and I got some more water. Uh, it was really cold. And there were no main roads. You had to kind of take a canal to get to this park, walk along a canal to get to this park at least on foot. And I, everyone called me boss that morning. It was strange. I walked along the canal and to my right side, there was like a 30 foot drop, like a cement death to my right of the canal. There weren't, there wasn't even any water in it. It was just like, if you fall into this part, you're going to just fall into cement and die probably, or just sit there and suffer and die slow, painful death. And then the, on the other side of the berm where I was walking, there was a canal with water in it. And if you 
about a 15 foot drop or maybe a 10 foot drop. If you fall into that, you're probably going to get hypothermia and drown. But, or just get taken by the current. Um, the canals there are pretty dangerous, the bigger ones. And I was definitely next, next to some bigger one. Uh, I made my way along the canal, and then that's when I ran into some construction workers. And I was like, oh, they're not going to let me cross here. So I started making my way back, and they're like, hey, hey, boss, hey, boss. I was like, yeah, you're talking to me. And then um, it turned into like, well, you can cross over here. And I looked down, and it's just like this, like, wooden ladder and a couple pipes you have to walk across i was like okay yeah i guess so i didn't fall but it was pretty scary you'd fall into the water on that one um but i was able to cross and safely to the other side of the road and from there i saw someone kind of passing by but i was having like a really rough morning i was still really emotional from the night before and really like cracking up inside emotionally like about to cry um confused and scared um i passed by someone i asked them if they had any spare change or dollar and they just you know ignored you it's, like, yeah, okay. it's gonna be one of those it's gonna be like that today you know but eventually i found myself in a park not too far away it was a separate park from the one i had woken up from and there were those plastic like portable bathrooms for the construction workers, the porta potties or porta johns and honey buckets, whatever. Um, the, the plastic portable bathrooms. There was two of them, and I went inside one and just started crying. Like I just started sobbing. And that's because if anyone sees you crying, not in the bathroom or hears you crying or, or anything, like you're, you're, like fresh meat, like you're weak, you're taking your, your prey. And so I held it together long enough to make it into this bathroom to where I started sobbing and crying again. And there's a fresh thing of toilet paper just sitting there. And man, in a different life, in a different parallel universe that we're living in, um, or was living in, I you know, whatever. In a different life, just a couple of years ago, there, you wouldn't, there's no way you could tell me like, well, blow your nose, blow your nose and wipe your te tears on this porta, porta potties toilet paper. Like there's a fresh roll of toilet paper right next to the main part of the toilet inside of the bathroom, the plastic bathroom. There's no way. I, there's no way I would ever put tissue paper on my face and blow my nose that's like been in a porta potty. But here I'm like, I'm taking this toilet paper with me. It's clean toilet paper, and um, I hated stealing, but yeah, I, I took the, the the toilet paper with me because I was crying so much that morning. There's still toilet paper left in there. I didn't take it all. There's just one open, just one roll, and then there's two rolls in like the there's one open roll and two anyway. There's toilet paper still left inside. I didn't take all the toilet paper. I took the fresh clean roll that was outside of the dispenser thing. And I was just crying into it for a good five or ten minutes. I was like, okay, I'll keep it together. And I walked out of it like nothing had happened, like I wasn't crying. And made my way to this park. And there was this guy lying on the ground there underneath some bleachers and so i was like well maybe he needs some help 
and I walk over towards him, and that's when I was like, dude, it's my brother. Like, that's my brother on the crown. And I woke him up, I guess. And I was like, hey, man, are you all right? And he's like, huh? Like, what? Huh? Huh? I was like, are you okay, dude? And he's like, I can't really move. And I was just like, okay. Like, he's either really messed up or he fell or something happened. But I didn't, wasn't questioning him, really. I just was like, well, do you need anything? Do you need anything? He's like, I don't, I don't know. And I said, you look exactly like my brother. And he's like, oh, yeah? And he had his, he had, he was wearing like a, my, like my brother doesn't dress like this and my brother doesn't look like this stylistically, but he looked like my brother physically, but he was wearing like this punk shirt and like a jean jacket and he had his nails painted, which my brother, that's not how my brother dresses at all, but he was wearing a punk, like a punker outfit and he had longer hair. And his, his fingernails were, were like a glossy, like green and purple. And I said, man, you look exactly like my brother. Like you look exactly like my brother. And he's like, oh yeah, what's your brother's name? And I told him my brother's name and he's just like, okay. And he's like, well, what's your name? I'm like, my name's Bling. And he goes, Blaine? He's like, no, man, Bling. Like Blink, but Bling. And he's like, Blink? He's like, no, man, it's bling. He's like, bling. I was just laughing. So I was like, that's my brother. And he doesn't want to call me bling. He's trying, he's like messing with me, right? So I said, I'm going to try and find him some water. But before I left, he, um, he's like, do you want any weed? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, sure. I guess so. Sure. Why not? And he pulls out this like kind of prescription looking bottle and he starts to shake it into his, you know, it's like going to give me like a nug, but I didn't want, I didn't have any like papers or I didn't have, um, a grinder or anything to, I couldn't use it. I couldn't do anything with it. I didn't have, a, I didn't have any like paraphernalia or an apparatus to, to smoke it with. So I just said, Oh, never mind, never mind. I was like, unless you have a pre-roll. He's like, no, I don't. I was like, that's, no, it's fine then. Never mind, I don't want it. I said, I'll be right back. And so from there, I walked over to this like bathroom area. And I saw some fountains. And this is a different park, keep that in mind. It wasn't the park that I'd woke up in. Um, There's some drinking fountains and there was a homeless couple walking toward me. And I said, hey, that guy underneath the bleachers over there, I think he needs some water. But I was like, I don't know. Do you guys have a bottle of water? And they're like, look at me and they're like, no. But then I don't know why I didn't I didn't think of this, but then the guy walks over to the garbage can and pulls out an empty bottle of like Aquafina water. There's an empty bottle out of the garbage can. He's like, you can go to the drinking fountains and fill it up and give it to him. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like, why? So I filled it up at the drinking fountains and I brought it over to him and he started sipping it. And he's like, do you want a cigarette? He said, thank you and everything. And I just remember thinking like, that's my brother. Like, that's my brother, like pulling a trick or a prank. Like I hadn't talked to my family for a good, almost two weeks now. And I had no way of contacting them and I didn't really want to. So that's a long, that's a story in itself, but I didn't have anything against him, but he didn't, he doesn't live in Arizona. So it was a surprise to see him, but it was like, was that him or like, was it not? Was it him in disguise? Like, did he just want to see me to make sure I was still alive out here or what? 
like it messed with my head so much, but it made me laugh and it made me think it was like, okay, well, this is a joke. Like, where's the cameras at? Like, where's the hidden cameras at and what's going on? Like, where, what's going on? Am I part of something that I don't know I'm part of? Or like, what, am I participating in something that's like, and now looking back on it, you know, weeks later, I guess it's been weeks later for sure. Looking back on it, it's like, maybe that wasn't your brother. It's just someone who looked exactly like your brother, sounded like him, looked exactly like him. But maybe it wasn't your brother. Anyway, he gave me a cigarette and then um, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I know out there, like as currency, cigarettes can kind of, if anything, to gain me trust with the other homeless people. Just like, oh, here's a cigarette. Um, everyone always asks you for a cigarette. Everyone always asks you for a cigarette. And so I found that homeless couple that had given me the water bottle. I found them and um, gave them the, the cigarette. I, I broke it on accident. I was taking my shirt off or doing something, and I, uh, I broke it totally on accident. But you can just kind of piece it together, and I'm sure they, they smoked it and what have you. But I still had my bag and everything with me that day. And what ended up happening from there was I was like, I need a place to stash my bag. Like I need somewhere, not in the park and not somewhere really public. And I was just like, I need to find a place to stash this bag. So I don't care. I'm not carrying it around all the time. And all I had in it was like dirty clothes. Mainly. I still had, um, a recording device kind of, and my really nice headphones I had that in the bag still, but dirty clothes and some vitamins mainly uh, some paperwork or some yeah whatever so i, I kind of went wandering around and ended up like again i i hate stealing but there was a truck at a like bread place like a like a i don't know what you call it like a bread outlet place i guess and in the back of this truck was like tons of, of bagged bread that I assumed they were getting rid of. Like I assumed that they were expired and they were in the back of the truck because they're getting rid of them, not delivering them because it was in, literally in the back of a pickup truck, all this bread. Like they weren't stocking shelves with it. It wasn't a bread truck. It was just a, a pickup truck in a big warehouse. So I'm walking past it and I hate stealing. I just want to reiterate that. But I grabbed some of that bread. I grabbed some bagels out of it. And, I mean, I hated it. I, I Every time I do something like that, I mean, I, I'd almost start crying because I, I hated it so much. Um, but someone out there told me, like, every, the world has forgotten about you, so why are you playing by their rules? You can just take what you want, as long as it's what you need and what you want at the time. And I think stealing bread is kind of like, well... If he's, he's gonna die if he doesn't steal some I had to eat something I had to eat something I don't think I'd eaten anything for it must have been like a day and a half so I was pretty hungry and I had such a miserable night and miserable experience um, just crying and everything just uh, depleted totally exhausted and so I found that truck and I just took a bag some bagels um, I asked someone where a quick trip was 
And that's a whole different story because I got ended up getting lost later on that day, and it was terrible. It was terrifying. I, I went down some wrong streets, and like out there, it's like kind of lawless in some spots. Um, it's like people have taken the law into their own hands, and so there's no police presence at all, and there's no way that the police are going to come help you if you do get in trouble out there. Pretty much because they can't. Um, the police might get attacked, or, or it puts your life in more danger if you're like a snitch and call the police for help or do whatever. But that's a different story. What I ended up doing was I'm trying to find a place to stash my bag, right? And so I, I quickly kind of hobbled along uh, away from where I'd taken the bread and kind of got lost in this like little maze of industrial park. But then I saw this this black dude hanging out outside of like some sort of store or some sort of like um, it looked like a auto repair shop, but I don't I don't think I don't know what it was something like almost like a restaurant auto repair shop. So I don't know what it was, but I said, "Hey man, is there a place like in the back that I could stash my bag or somewhere? Is there an alley around here?" I could stash my bag. He didn't really say anything to me. And I was like, I just have some headphones in here. I don't want stolen. Can I can I give you let you like hold on to the headphones? And he's like, dude, there's nothing. I, I don't want anything to do with you, pretty much, is what he told me. But he did say there's that box over there's that wooden box over there along the wall. And it was like next to an alley, pretty much. This this big wooden box, like a pine box. And he goes, if you can figure out, it's been there for a few months. There's a bunch of stuff and debris in it and stuff. And he's like, if you can figure out how to kind of secure it along the wall, then you can probably just keep your stuff in there and no one's going to mess with it because everyone's already been through it already. And no, no, there's nothing in there just besides some debris, like insulation, foam type stuff. So I said, thanks so much. And so I walked along by it and I, I lifted it up. This is back when I still had muscles and was strong enough and wasn't totally maimed out there. Totally, totally handicapped. No, I get crippled. And so I lifted it up and turned it and like, like really kind of like it took some, it took, yeah, it was pretty heavy. I, I had to display my, my, my strength, I guess. And so I did that and I lined it up to where there was only one opening. I threw my bag in there and I put all this foam and like other stuff. And I, I think I left some, like a, a dirty old shirt, like kind of in front, like kind of just some people think like, oh, with like a dirty shirt, and for you know, no one's gonna go rooting through stuff with like a dirty shirt or dirty underwear, or dirty socks, and like insulation foam and some old bread. But I think I think it left a bagel out there, half of a bagel, and I buried everything in this box next to the wall, and uh, that's kind of where it all where it all started, I guess. That's where I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna hang out here for a while, and I ended up. I was sleeping in that box that night. Um, that, it was just terif a terrifying experience, too. But I made it back. And I'll have to talk about the experience that happened after that. But once I found that bag, I, I or box, rather, and made it secure, it looked like it had been, like a bum was living there. So no one wants to go through it, because what are you going to take from it? What are you going to steal from a bum? Like, what does a homeless person have that's worth value that, and like, they're dirty? Like, who knows? Are, are, are there, you know, like, 
Like, who knows? Is he still in there? But the next morning, I, I came back, and the next morning when I woke up in that box, and there had been like a party where the 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 black dude worked at. He's like the shop owner, pretty much. There was a there was a party there that night, and they saw me get into the box, but I didn't look at them. I didn't say a word to them. I didn't ask them for food or money or do anything. But the car lights were on me in the box. Like the, there were car lights on me in the box. And I was so tired from that night, like just so worn out. And it was just a scary night. And um, it was kind of a miracle I even made it back. But once I did, I was just like, I'm going to sleep. Like I'm passing out. And the next morning I woke up and I was just kind of like getting my shirt on or um, my jacket on and kind of just kind of like trying to get myself warmed up, you know, kind of dancing around outside, not dancing, but, you know, rocking back and forth. Like, okay, let's get our muscles going. Let's, let's do a little bit of exercise here and just kind of warm up. And uh, the black dude was out front the next morning and he saw me doing that. And he goes, I respect you, bro. (laughs) And I was like, yes, man. I just smiled at him. I was just like, yeah, well, and like, he kind of nodded toward me. He's just like, damn, dude, like you slept in a pine box. You left us alone overnight. And like, you made it so like only you know, like the entrance to this box. And like, I don't know. It was, it was cool. I took his advice. Like you can set it up against the wall and if you can figure it out you can set it up against the wall. And I was like, yeah, okay. I can do that. So I took my vitamins and stuff that morning. Um, and I just went out at, at, at the park again. But I, I went back bef- before that. I went back um, before the night, the terrifying night. I went back to the park to find my brother, and he wasn't there. Uh, he had left, and I asked someone else if they had seen where he went, and they're just like, no. But there's someone else. Well, they go, well, someone else has passed out on the playground over there. Is that him? And I was like, I don't think that's him. But I went walking over, and it was just like an older guy. And, a, and his wife or a woman, just an old man and a woman. And they were all like in their 60s or 70s. And advanced age. They were advanced age. And I, I, I wasn't trying to police the park by any means. But one of the kind of rules that I had was like, if there's kids around, like you can't, like, like don't interact with kids unless it's like positive. Like if you have to, stay away from playgrounds, stay away from schools, stay away from like all this. And not um, because of anything I'm going to do, but just like if there's someone shooting at me or if there's something, they get caught in a crossfire, like, yeah, it would be terrible. And people are are very aggressive out there. So I, I stayed away from the parks, like the playgrounds and stuff. Like there's no reason for homeless people to be in parks on the playground and I wasn't trying to police the, the park by any mean or, but I felt like I, I have to police the playground in some ways. Cause if there's a guy who passed out on the floor underneath the playground, like no one's going to go there. If there's kids there, then yeah, what is, it's, it's a danger. So I kind of woke him up and just said like, Hey man, I actually talked to actually before, right before that I talked to two missionaries, two Mormon missionaries. And they asked if they could share a scripture. And I was like, yeah, well that's if I had a favorite scripture and I, I shared it with them Matthew 16, 26, with for whatever is a man profited, if he gains the world and loses his own soul. And I said, and you can tie that with Doctrine and Covenants, uh, DNC chapter 7, verse 19, which is your soul is worth more in heaven afterwards. Like, 
there anyway it's some mormon some mormon jargon there but the one of them was from mexico one of the missionaries was from mexico and the other one i think was from uh, new Me- new mexico I think. Or he might have been from no he was from utah he was from utah he was um a utah boy and the other the other missionary is from mexico and didn't speak any english at all i wish i would have remembered their names but they gave me a card that said call us and i never did i thought i should have because they could have gotten out of uh, more trouble than i <laughs> that's still like still the beginning of it you know and if i would have called them maybe i could have yeah found something or gone somewhere safer but after i talked to the missionaries um I went to the playground where the guy guy was passed out, and it wasn't the guy that looked like my brother. It was an older, yeah, an older couple couple out there, and I didn't want to police the playground, but I didn't. didn't know if no one else was going to do it, and the police are non-existent out there, then, um, and for good reason too. I don't know. Anyway, um, I told him, I said, "Hey, man, this isn't a good place to sleep. You should probably leave." He's like, "Huh? What? Huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can't just be passed out here. This is a playground, dude. Like, you should probably leave." Like, oh, okay, okay. And yeah, I just kind of felt like, okay, well, I did, at least I did my part. And then from there, uh, that's when kind of the, the hygiene started to ensue for the rest of the day. And, but yeah, I hated stealing. I hate stealing. Um, I wouldn't steal from individuals ever. Like, there's no way. But I hated stealing and I hated... Um, I don't know, people stealing from me or just the thought of, yeah, my stuff getting stolen. Anyway, I guess that's it. That's the story. That's the story of when I ran into my brother. I never saw him again. Never saw him again. Never asked if, hey, were you in Arizona and passed out underneath some bleachers on the grass? My brother would be like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was me. Sure. Like, what is it, a prank or just some joke or something? Like, there's no way. It wasn't. It. I swear to you, it's my brother. I still, if I could go back, I'd just be like, that's my brother, everyone. Like, this is, there's some, where are the cameras at? You know, it's a prank here. My brother wanted to make sure he could see me still alive out in Phoenix, the bad part of Phoenix. But it was just someone who looked exactly like my brother, probably. And anyway, I hope he's doing all right. But he looked cool, painted fingernails and stuff. Like, yeah, he's a kindred spirit. But I think that's the end of this episode. Uh, I might publish another one later or something, but I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about the night before next time, I think. Or eventually, I'll have to get more details down. But yeah, the night before uh, was such a miserable night and so emotionally draining that I yeah, that did a number on me. Anyway, tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. You're the coolest. Good luck to care.